Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlos. I'm Kelly. Good morning. I'm Karen. Karen, you have a wild story in my books um, to share today. Yes, I do. Are we doing show notes first? Of course. (laughs) Good morning. (laughs) Um, Okay, I'll, I'll start with show notes. We have Sips of Sanity which is another podcast show that is found on the website by sarlo.com that just aired this week. So for people who want to listen to our other podcast show, like you just mentioned, uh, they can go to the website and find Sips of Sanity as the other podcast and listen to five little episodes that we did this month on seasonal affective disorder. Mm-hmm. Sorry, and and you were going to say the next one? Well, an evening with medium events where you and I work together at the Hampton Inn on a Friday night, three times a year. The December 15th event for 2017 is sold out. Tickets are for sale for the April, August, and December events for 2018. And they're already selling. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. And um, we have private sessions. So both you and I have private practices and people can Reach us through the website by sarlo.com for all our contact information, phone numbers, emails, all that stuff, if they'd like to book group or personal sessions. And we have brand new, beautiful gift cards that are available just in time for Christmas. Yeah. So those those can be purchased for any denomination. And last show note, we also teach and we do workshops for corporations and businesses and groups. So if people are interested in learning how to open up their own intuitive gifts, oh, there's a whole variety of different workshops you and I teach, and they can be catered to the size of your group and the purpose. Um, So people can call us about that as well. Perfect. Okay, so let's dive into your wild story. Yeah, the wild story. Okay, so it started a couple of years ago, actually, a client called by telephone and asked if, she, if I could find anything out about her dad. She was just curious. She didn't say if it was medium. And what came through for me from the spirit world was that her dad at that time was alive. So she confirmed that was correct. And I thought she wants to know about her dad and he's alive. Okay. So the spirit world told her that he had two families. That he said he was working, but that he actually had a family very close to where they lived, her and her mom. So I'm going to refer to her and her mother as family number one, because he, her mother was the first wife. So they live, and I'm just going to pick on some communities. I'm going to pick a different community than, than is true though, okay? So this was, I'll say in Timmins. Timmins, Ontario. So her and her mother um, lived in Timmins and a sister. So I did say to her, there is another sister, your mother and yourself. And I believe there was a dog. And she said all of that was correct. And that they lived in Timmins and he traveled for his job. So he said he traveled for his job. He didn't actually travel for his job at all. And while he was doing the one week away, one week home, he had another family in a small community outside of Timmins. So like distance wise, 20 minutes away, 25 minutes away? I'd say within about within an hour. Okay, so you, you really do mean close. Oh, yeah. 
very much. And so he, he had his wife convinced that this was part of the job right from the beginning. So if people are listening to it and thinking, well, come on now, it's not that hard to, to believe if when you first meet the person, they're telling you that right from the very beginning, that their job takes them out of town a week and that they're home a week. And was this wife number one or wife number two he had convinced? This is wife number one. We're still within the wife number one story. And she, she was so mad at me. The client. Yeah. But she didn't let on too much in the, in the, the telephone conversation. She just asked questions, but she was very distant and very cold. It was like, well, what else do you get? Like she just, well, what about my future? Like, and then she would jump back and forth. We'll go back to my dad now. I want to ask you another question. The session was difficult. Did you not say that she didn't believe you? Oh, yeah. And at the at the end of the call, she was to pay by e-transfer, and she never paid me. So there was that anger of, if I don't think you're accurate, I'm not going to pay you. I'm not paying for this shit. So she's received a service and is denying payment. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And... Uh, okay, so a couple of years go past. I believe she said three, and she called yesterday. Now she asked me again yesterday when she when she made the phone call, and I didn't realize that I hadn't seen her three that I had seen her three years ago by telephone. So she makes a phone call. She just gives a first name, like she did the three years prior. So say her name is Amanda. And she calls and she's got a one hour booking. So I start, we started the phone call and went through consent. And she said to me, can you tell me anything you get about my dad? And I said to her, your dad is past. I said, I'm being told this is medium. And she said, yes, my dad is past. And I said, okay. I said, well, he's saying that you have found out that he had two families. And I'm pausing thinking, Jesus, I, I like, I hope that's right. Or I'm really hurting somebody. So you want that. Remember, you know how we talk about wanting to be right. So you don't hurt people, but not wanting to be right because you're still going to hurt people. Mm-hmm. So I said, I just paused for a minute and I thought I better listen to him carefully. Make sure I get accurate information, be able to validate it. And I was ready to really work so hard to make sure I wasn't going to hurt her. And she just dove right into the conversation and said, yeah, I have found that out. And then she said, I went to my dad's funeral. My dad did pass within just the last month or two. She said, I went to my dad's funeral and I found out that he had the wife, which I'll just say is number two, because I'm not not trying to be rude, but just to differentiate between the two. And I said, well, he said that in his second marriage where he never divorced the first wife by the way he had a son and a daughter so he had two daughters with wife one and a son and a daughter with wife two wife two knew about wife one but she thought that he had divorced her and he never did holy shit so he married her not in a church he married her so to speak on a 
oh it reminds me of Derek and um on a post-it Meredith but like on a like not really yeah. a post-it but he married her I don't know how to say that if you get somebody like through the internet that just like gets ordained like is that what that is yeah where they just get their papers through the internet so he didn't really take it seriously to some like legally at least in this province because marrying two two people is not legal in Ontario to my knowledge he didn't take it really seriously but he lived with both families one week on one week off for at least a decade and a half at least and she found out at the funeral that here is a wife and she has a stepbrother and stepsister here then she found out that her mom found out so wife number one at some point knew about wife number two yes and confronted him about it but he he kept going back and forth so instead of being at home one week gone one week he was now gone two to three weeks home one week because he wasn't getting along with wife number one and he was trying to I'll say put his two feet into the second family but not entirely because he had two daughters and the mess that he had created for both families now wife the second wife knew about the first but as I said she thought that he had divorced the first wife and she knew that he had two daughters so when he talked to her about I'm going to see my daughters she knew so he wasn't hiding as much from the second wife and that family though those children didn't know they had stepchildren their mom had agreed not to talk about that so it was all about the secrets that the two women kept from the four children two in each home total, total that allowed him to keep this running wasn't just him so I'm not blaming I'm not judging I'm just telling the story and I'm trying to explain this to her and she's like yep yep then she said to me I called you um, a couple of years ago and she said you told me all of this and I thought really and she said yeah and I instantly thought, oh my God, I think I recall this because she said she was going to e-transfer me and she never paid me. And there aren't that many people that don't pay. They stand out. And they usually stand out for me because after it occurs and I don't get payment, I can recognize something in their session that ticked them off that they didn't want to believe. Yeah. And... That is the reason they feel they're justified not paying me for all of the work that I've done. Yeah. Even though it's accurate, they don't know that. And they're not going to know, as in her case for a while, or as in the case of telling somebody that they have cancer and the doctor can't find it yet, the MRI can't find it yet, or the test, that it's that they're going to have it in the in a year or in three years. They've, they are the standout ones that have taught me lessons. They've taught me about time and the value of time. They've taught me that, you know, I can't say to all clients, none of you can send any transfer or you have to send it in advance or I, I guess I could. Do I ruin 
the way that I want to create my business and how I want to be trusting of people and of human nature for the people that treat me that way? Or do I want to remain true to my own character and allow people to learn lessons from that as well? It's an opportunity. And I tell you, Kelly, some days I don't want to learn those lessons. Yeah. So she, she explained to me that, um, that this had happened and that, and I remembered her not paying because of that story, because that story really stuck out in my mind at that time, because I was so nervous because she kept saying none of it was true, but she still wanted other information about her future. She still wanted medium to talk to her grandfather. She still wanted all kinds of other things. And yes, the accuracy about her grandfather had been accurate and like other things, but because of that one piece, she wasn't going to make the payment. So it's like if you order an entire meal at a restaurant and the, the side salad sucks. Yeah, so you're not paying for anything. Right. <laughs> Interesting. I, I liken it to going to the massage therapist sometimes and, and laying on the table and they get, you know, 80% yeah. of all of my knots out yeah. and they make me relaxed 80%, but I'm still stressed about, you know, a bill I can't pay or, you know, some other issue so that they can't get the one out my neck. So I'm not going to pay them. Right. <laughs> Could you imagine if we did that to doctors who, who got 90% of the cancer out? Uh, yeah. Or, or they gave me the prescription and my cold took four days instead of five to go away. Or no, five instead of four. Oh, pardon me. Five yeah. instead of four. Yeah, like I just, there's an interesting entitlement. Oh, I like how you word that. I like how you say that. So, okay, so I'm going to continue with the story. So through the session, she wanted to talk to her father. And now it's clearly medium and not a psychic session. So the first one was more psychic. This one is now medium. He's passed over. And he came through to talk to her. Number one, he apologized for what he did. I don't know if that really sat with her in that in the session yesterday, if she really was able to digest it, because it's only been, I think she said a month and a half since he's passed away and where she's able to sort of, I'll say process some of this. But it made, he made reference to the fact that the relationship and how he conducted his life going back and forth between the two homes had a lot to do with her depression, had a lot to do with her anxiety issues. Oh, contributing to his daughters? Yes. Okay. He came through to say that a lot of the things that she was struggling with, she had gone through a few of her own relationships. She has three daughters with three different fathers not that she cheated on each of the men, but she went from one man to another quickly. So she, before she ended one relationship, she wanted to be already interested in another guy. Not necessarily having sex with him already, but that she had somebody else to get in that she was already interested in. So he was talking about his own going from one family back and forth to the other. And I want to be careful. He's not trying to say that she's a bad person. Well, it sounds like he's taking ownership yes. for how his patterning conditioned her yeah. and contributed to her underlying belief system. 
Yes. Which, yeah. which contributes to worthiness. Yeah. And value. Yeah. And Kel, he talked to like about the fact that she um, has been diagnosed with certain illnesses, which came up in the session about depression, the possibility of bipolar, um, that she was just in a process of trying to figure out if she is or if she isn't. So she's just figuring out to go to therapy. Her, her medical doctor is asking her to seek a, a therapist to go through a process to determine what level of depression, anxiety issues, um, and if it is bipolar or other things. So he, her dad came through to say, here's my piece, here's my part. This is what I did. I want you to know the whole truth. I want you to know what instigated all of this in me and how I was raised and what happened to me with my own mom and dad that I went into relationships withholding from my first wife, always withholding from her in love, which allowed me then to believe that she wasn't meeting my needs. So blaming her instead of I'm the withholder. Yeah, I like that, that you said I withhold, but it, it helps me believe that you're not meeting my needs. Yeah. It just reaffirms and that justifies us to the entitlement. Yes, to go out then and have the affair and make the affair another what he thought was legitimate relationship. Now think of how messed up this is. So he and, and she said, well, that's that's messed. And I said, okay, but he's trying to say to you that it occurred one day at a time from the moment he was born. It occurred right from the patterns of his own parents, where in his own family, his dad had affairs. He didn't leave his wife. He didn't have a second family, but he had affairs. And so he's just talking about, like, as you said, the patterns and what it does and why. Oh, thank God for this medical doctor is referring her to a psychiatrist to say, go find out all of these things. So she said to the medical doctor, well, I'm going to see a psychic. And the doctor said, well, whatever works, whatever you need, if you're and asked, what do you think you're going to get out of it to see a psychic? Maybe out of curiosity, which is cool. And she said, well, I'm going to see a medium psychic, because I want to know the truth about my dad. And he said, well, that could be a good place to begin so that you can take that to the psychiatrist and sit down and hopefully you have a psychiatrist that's open-minded that will listen to that. And if not, would you consider finding a psychiatrist that is open-minded so that you can bring those sessions in? And the doctor said to her, are you allowed to voice record? A lot of the psychics at psychic fairs give you voice recordings. Make sure you ask if you can voice record so you can bring it into their office and say, could you listen to this so that the psychiatrist could use it. So she had asked me, well, I, that's in our consent at the beginning, so that she could voice record the session and share it with other people so that she could start reflecting on her own behavior. So her dad came in to talk to her and apologize to her and take responsibility about her own anxiety. And that first of all, a lot of her issues began in childhood with anxiety anxieties about whether her dad was going to be there or not the the tension in their home that was never spoken about in front of her nothing was ever explained 
Well, no, and then you have subconscious beliefs that you're not allowed to question, that you don't deserve explanations, and that there's an insidious um, acceptance of discomfort. And then we are constantly in, in a state of reaction to it instead of an understanding and a choosing our actions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's all wonderfully said, which is something that good therapy and good energy healing and good friends and good books and good music and good educational TV shows and all different types of things in life can help us with. Well, you're saying good, and I, I want to say authentic. Because sure. people believe that a good friend is someone who's on our side no matter what. No. And that doesn't mean that we're necessarily in the right. Mm-hmm. And a good friend doesn't just sit and let you rant and not do. That's beautifully said. Because some people shoot the messenger. And when the good friend... I.e. not paying them? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's what you meant, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> my head had been going into the authenticity part, actually. And and sometimes when we have authentic people in our lives, we shoot them. We shoot the messenger. We end the friendship. We dump them because they're being honest, because they tell us the husband or the boyfriend or the girlfriend or the wife is dishonest or is using us or is abusive or is unkind or manipulative or blackmailing us or gaslighting us and so we just dump the friend or the sibling or the parent that tells us those things okay instead of appreciating the authentic the authentic relationships and to me what you and I provide for people is authenticity and as you as people are hearing in this particular little story that she didn't appreciate it well no she there still hasn't been a second payment correct that's right so she has not paid a second time which goes to her own authenticity in her own life so she's angry at a dad for having no authenticity for a mom enabling the dad and then behaves exactly the same way, but plays the victim to the other two people. Because theirs is a worse kind of authenticity? Perhaps. Because we yeah. talked about how, like, how we wanted to approach this show because it yeah. could have sounded very judgmental. And you had mentioned that, like you said, for the dad, this happens one day at a time. Mm-hmm. And so she's now following this pattern of kind of one day at a time becoming more and more like them. That's right. And may not be able to ever see it her whole life the same way he never saw his inauthenticity his whole life. He never got it. He never saw anything wrong with what he did to two women and four children. And a dog. And a dog. His whole life. He only understood what he did once he had crossed over, once he had died. And she's on the same path but feels and chooses to pretend to be victimized by him. And is now raising three children. Yes. With the same blinders. Yes. And these are the patterns. Remember I was saying to you, these are why, these are the patterns that I find incredibly beautiful to see when clients come for sessions and give consent to patterns. 
Because without that, how do we really turn on the lights in our own life to see our own behaviors, resulting in how we raise our kids and how they feel about themselves? I just thought it was a really good session for, for people. Examples. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that must have been difficult. Yeah. Yes. One of like six people yesterday. Yeah. That was one hour. But I just remembered thinking, oh my God, I hope I remember enough of these details. And I jotted some of them down after the session because I had a lunch break right after that. Not important about her name or the city. Like I said, I changed the name of the city and the area and the province just so that people could go, not get hung up in, oh, I think that's this family over here named this. Yeah. It isn't about that. It's about our own authenticity, our own lies in our own relationships. And somebody might think, oh, well, I didn't, I don't have two families. I'm not as bad as that person. But I'm absent in my own. Yeah. Yeah. I'm absent at home with my wife and my kids but I'm present at work. I give it my all at work or I give it my all when I go visit my parents or my brothers and sisters or my friends or when I hang out with the guys or the girls or the volleyball team. But I'm not authentic within my own relationship or with my own child. It's a good episode. Yeah, I, I think it is. And I, I wanted to be... I don't know how to say it, like analytical about it to some degree. It's emotional as well, of course. But I was hoping that people would hear it and be able to see themselves. Not to be pointing to the neighbor who's doing it, or to the brother or sister that's doing it, or to a co-worker or a girlfriend. But that this, uh, this particular story could be, do, can you, do you see any aspect of this in yourself? instead of trying to place it outside of yourself. That's it. That's it. I just thought it was something really to to give pause for on a beautiful November day. Nice Saturday morning cup of coffee. If you're sitting beside your partner or in a home with kids or roommates or you live on your own and you're just reflecting about your friends or your coworkers just for every single person to think about their own. Not to be looking at a political figure and the bullshit they're doing or someone else in your life, but just yourself. I really appreciate that story. Because hmm. I, I hear you say um, to be careful of how you're judging everyone else instead of examining your own self. And I think I'd still like to mention, and I know you you believe this as well, that it doesn't mean we let them off the hook. Mm -hmm. It just means that we're still taking responsibility in our own life. Yeah. And I know for a lot of people, when they're in marriages, you know, they look at other couples who are struggling more than them, however they define more, and they think, well, we're okay because we're not at their level. Oh, yeah. And and it can be in, in what you perceive as a successful relationship because you're still married. Mm -hmm. And again, all the definitions are kind of arbitrary, but you're defining it for yourself mm -hmm. where you, where you decide you're a victim or someone else is at fault. And again, it's not that you have to accept someone's behavior because you have to just pay attention to your own. It's that you're holding everyone accountable. Mm -hmm. 
including yourself. It has to start with holding yourself accountable. I think it has to begin there. Because if you constantly focus on holding other people accountable, you miss out on your own power. You miss out on your own choices. You miss out on your own level of awareness, your own self-respect, your own self-love. And people see through that, whether they are enlightened or not. That's right. Maybe this is a perfect time to mention that down the road we are going to have Beverly Angel on talking about the Nice Girl Syndrome book. I just realized at the very end of this, this is actually a good podcast show to highlight some behaviors that come in, came into this we didn't even talk about. But that how maybe both of those wives, wife one and wife two, were very geared from childhood to be nice girls so that they both didn't confront him. <laughs> Do you want to bring up Susan forward and talk about toxic parents of passive and aggressive? Uh, well, we could. Everybody knows that. <laughs> However, it took us a lot longer to mention authors today. Yeah, but that's okay. Yeah, I just thought it was a good story. It was. It's. It. These are and these stories are lives. These are lives. He did not get this till he died. Yeah, it's it's real heartache. This isn't just yeah a story for the sake of illustration. That's right. And I look forward to having Beverly and Jell come on to talk about the nice girl syndrome so that people can see how all the, the two women participated in his story mm-hmm. and allowed that story to go on for about a decade and a half, two decades. It's important because we all have pieces in that. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would also like to mention, I know we didn't do it in show notes uh, at the very beginning of the show, but speaking of authenticity... Um, I will be hosting a workshop at Ruby Yoga uh, early December, I believe December 3rd or 4th, whichever the Saturday is, and it's on goal setting. So it's all leading into the new year to talk about how we set goals, how to create momentum for ourselves in the new year, especially at a dark time of year, uh, physically dark time of year. Some of us find it very exciting and enlightening. Um, But I will be there for about, I guess, an hour and a half with a mixture of yoga and tools. Nice. So that people can learn how to get excited about their life. So you can register at rubyyoga.ca. Thanks, Cal. Okay. If you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at bysarlo.com. And uh, if you are sending in comments, we do ask that they are compassionate, although I have not heard anything else from our listeners. Mm -hmm. So we do appreciate that. Um, We hope you have a wonderful weekend.